everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the Depressed Breakfast Club. This week, we're going to be talking about parent-child relationships, whether it be with an adolescent or an adult. Um, before we go any forward, further, as always, just like to remind you guys, we're not medical professionals. Anything we say is of our own opinion, our own thoughts. Don't go off and do anything on your own. Please talk to your doctor if you feel like you don't want to take your medication anymore or you want to try something that something else to work for you. And if you are feeling suicidal, Joyelle's going to throw some phone numbers your way. Joyelle? Yep. So if you're feeling suicidal or need somebody to talk to, uh, you can call the suicide hotline uh, in Canada at 1-833-456-4566. Or you can text uh, 45645. And in the US, you can call 988 or text talk to 741741. So please, if you're feeling suicidal or need somebody to talk to, reach out to these numbers or a friend or a family member. And on to Taylor. Good morning, everyone. As usual, just a reminder that our email is depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And you can also find us on Facebook under the same name. We've gotten a, a decent number of you guys, and we're starting to uh, actually post a little bit more. And we're trying to do stuff other than just uh, quotes that we share and that we like. We're also going for some, uh, I, th I think Peanut shared a video yesterday maybe did did anyone put the video on there yeah i think i okay. i think i put the video on there. i think that you did but i'm not 100 certain if i dreamed that or not so i have to ask for confirmation what kind of friday <laughs> so, did you have <laughs> i don't know if i did or not now that you said that see it's not just me <laughs> i'm getting old i don't remember these things i can't tell the i can't tell reality from uh fiction land i'm, I'm daydreaming too much Making me question um, my own sanity. Yay! I'm not alone. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to actually start sharing some videos on there uh, from like TikTok, YouTube, whatever kind of comes up for us. And uh, Joyelle found a really good one that we all liked. And I'm pretty sure posted it. And if not, she will be soon. Um, I and, and I will. I, I swear to God, you did. Okay, yeah, I'm just crazy. Um. And today's quote for today's topic is, you're not a bad parent. You didn't cause this, and you are not alone. So I think that's a perfect one that's going to lead us into today's topic. Uh, we also, I don't, I, I, my memory's apparently shot even in the short term. Um, did you introdu introduce the fact that we have a guest speaker today? No, not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> apparently dana will be introducing the guest speaker for today <laughs> once she's done laughing at how my insanity is this morning wow so uh taylor might have been eating some cannabis cookies <laughs> i really wish that i would have because that would have probably explained away where my brain went but nope i'm the one with covid brain and she's the one forgetting things. <laughs> hey 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 i had the rona <laughs> that's my excuse so i'm sticking to it on today's episode, yes, we do have our very first guest speaker. How exciting is that? So I'd like to introduce Kathy, who is um, 
a very, very dear, dear, dear friend of mine. I've known Kathy for, oh, probably close to 40 years. If, oh. Hot damn. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, turn it over to her. She's going to give you a uh, brief synopsis of the shit that she's going through. And we're going to discuss. So here's to you, Kathy. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, thank you guys for having me on this this is something really new and it's probably a bit of uh mental health for me to deal with this in this way too um i was a single parent for 20 years and my son john his father wanted nothing to do with him from the start so it was john and i from the beginning I loved being pregnant. I wanted to be a parent. I had a really screwed up teenager, came from a really dysfunctional family. So to be a parent at 21, being the child of an alcoholic, I became a nurturer. So when I fell into being a parent at 21, I guess you could say I had a prerequisite for it. So I was a nurturer. I loved this kid. I loved being pregnant. Dana knows he was funny. He was not the brightest at times, but he had a good heart. He was funny. He would do anything for you. Um, he never ate a meal voluntarily till he was about 11. Um, <laughs> it was great. We had a great relationship. Good, solid relationship. I would trust him with my life. He lived with us till he was about 20. Um, I never had to worry about him. I could always talk to him. He could talk to me. Um, we talked about lots of things. We traveled together, him on the back of my bike as a child, and we would do the city all over the place. Dana got to know him as a child and up into an adult. Um, John was my life. We had a good, solid relationship. One problem we had was when he was dating one girl, she made him stay the night out all night while he was living at home. That was a no-no. I married later in life. My husband and John had a solid relationship as father and stepson. And, you know, my husband will never have any children. And John was his stepson. And they would do things together. And they loved cars together and they would talk together. And when Matt, when John was 21, he, his girlfriend kept him out again for the night. So my husband said, you have, it's your, you know, you're the parent, you decide what's going to happen. So I had already warned John, if you do this again, you're out. So when John came home the next morning, I told him. You've got to leave. It broke my heart, but you got to leave. I knew he was going to be staying with family members, but you broke a rule under this house. You were supposed to come home. You sleep until two in the afternoon at 20 years old. You know, so yes, he did leave. He stayed with family members. He came back after probably about six months and realized why we did what we did why I did what I did. And um, he moved out eventually on his own not long after that. Still had a great relationship. He had dated a few girls. 
still had a great relationship. Then he met Mary. We thought she was the ideal girl. She was pretty. She was smart. She got along with us. Her family got along with us. She has a sister and a mother. Her father passed away. They are, her mother is of European descent. Um, we thought it was great. We went ahead. They got married. We were at the wedding. His friends got up and spoke about, you know, John being such a good person and how I raised him alone. And, you know, it was a nice feeling. And we were so happy to see him married and happy. He, John works in the public sector. So he sees a lot of people and we see him driving a vehicle in the public sector. And um, Mary doesn't work. And she was fired from her job before they got married. But anyway, she had gotten pregnant finally with their first child, who I will call John Jr. And it was awesome. We were there. We paid for the ultrasound. It was awesome. When John Jr. was born, it was amazing. We saw him all the time. As he grew, he was here every week. We bought toys. I have vintage Fisher-Price toys. Vintage. Like the Sesame Street Fisher-Price. Like McDonald's Fisher-Price. Yeah, from the 80s. Vintage. And I bought some for him. Um, it was, it was good. I get pictures from Mary every day and videos of John Jr. I love you, Gaga. Hi, Gaga. Whole bit pictures, cards, everything. John, she, Mary got pregnant again, and this is during COVID, and she had Mary Jr. And she didn't come around as much, and. John and John Jr. came around a lot. We'd go out and um, John Jr. would stay the day. We had a bed here that was going to be put up when he was ready to stay the night. You know, we had toys in the backyard, everything. And then in uh, September 2021, I believe, there was a soccer game. And we were invited every week on a Saturday and we weren't invited this Saturday and John sent me a video saying here's his soccer kick here's his award and everything and I was like well how come you didn't send us an invite and his response was like well we assumed you'd be there you know we only have to tell you once and he started to change a bit and after this this went into almost like a not a fight, but an argument back and forth over stupid soccer game. Well, suddenly Mary put her foot in and was writing these texts because John said, I can't convey my feelings because she's helping me convey my feelings. Texts were coming to us that were not of his style of writing. Not to yeah. say that my son is, son is dumb. It's just not his style of writing. More elaborate detail. Angry. So we tried to, eventually I met with him at a restaurant. And the first thing, he was like brokenhearted. He hardly said anything. He wouldn't come to the house because he said, I'm not comfortable in your home anymore. Yeah. And at the restaurant, the one thing he said that always stuck in my mind is, 
I have a decision to make. Now, flashback when John Jr. was a baby and they had a cat. And Mary says, get rid of the cat. Now, he had his cat for years. And she took John Jr. She went to her sister's home and said, I'll be back when you get rid of the cat. So he got rid of the cat that he had for years and she came back. So she had pushed her weight and got what she wanted. We were now the cat. So his decision to make was either us and your children or your family and no children. It blew up, it went back and forth, it got worse and worse. And eventually, I mean, nasty things were said. So eventually we tried to meet with them at the at our church. We talked to both of them. She was anger, pure anger. He hardly said more than two words. She was accusing, she'd point her finger at us, she'd scream and yell. Um, eventually my husband and I decided, okay, we're gonna go to the court and try to get visitation with these children. We had a relationship with one for five years. We went to the court. It was all done on Zoom pretty much because of COVID. We put in our cards, pictures, everything. I mean, a few months before this hit, my son, John, sent this wonderful Mother's Day card with all, how you've been a wonderful mother, da, 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 da. Here it is a few months later, and suddenly I'm the worst human being in the world. And their response because they didn't really have anything that was negative for us was suddenly I was an abusive mother. He never had any fond childhood memories. I would abuse him. I did all these terrible things to him. And we know where it was coming from. And because we saw it at the church with Mary, we saw this anger. So the judge on the phone dismissed visitation, you know, pushing for visitation because she said that family's bent on self-destruction. So we decided we're not going to spend the money to go to trial because they've probably poisoned John Jr. anyways. We've never really hardly seen Mary Jr. except for a few months. Um, and then I find out later through an anonymous source who's a friend, I, I assume a friend of theirs, because this person's gotten back to me a few times through an unknown number, was that they had submitted as part of their evidence a picture of John Jr. on the potty, which we didn't know what this was about. Then we find out if we would have pushed it more for a court trial, they were going to state that I was requesting inappropriate photos of my grandson for perverted reasons. So it has gotten until this hatred from her. And more than likely, she has said to John, no one loves you. I love you. See how bad they are for you. They tried to go to different family members to tell their story with the crocodile tears. The one brother and his wife, my one youngest brother is like, I don't want to be a part of this. Their wife listened, his wife listened to their side of the story fell for it, would not listen to ours. My other brother, who had been married to a narcissist, and his second wife, who had been married to a narcissist, tried to talk to them. We told them 
John will talk to you, but Mary's going to come with him. You watch. Because she can't leave him. Lo and behold, John and Mary went to my brother's home. My brother pulled John upstairs to talk to him. His wife took Mary downstairs, which she didn't like. My brother talked to John for nearly two hours. Got the story. You know, let your mother see the kids. What are you doing? You're using kids as weapon. Your mother hasn't done anything like this to you. Yes, I know, I know, da-da-da-da-da. Mary comes upstairs. John's demeanor changes completely. Head down low. Now, Mary's sister is also married to a man who, they have two children, who hardly says two words but sits on the couch. So you can see a pattern. Um, so my brother was signed a document for the court thing when we were going for visitation. And suddenly now the text that went to my brother from Mary and John was, how could you do this? I thought you understood what we were going through. You were on our side. Well, they listened to both sides of the story. And my brother's wife said, if we didn't listen to your side of the story, to us, we would have believed them because they were good. Mary is very good at what she does. Now it's gotten to the point I am blocked from all media. I can't even text him. I can't call him unblocked. Driving for the public sector, he has driven by me and covered the side of his face so he doesn't see me. This has been so emotionally terrifying and distraught and painful for me. I did go to a dark place at first, I won't lie. Very dark place. Um, doctor put me on escotralopan for anxiety. I do have edibles that I take every once in a while to help. A couple therapists, wonderful, awesome friends, Dana knows, um, who stood by me, who've known the background. A wonderful husband. My mother is going through dementia, so she hears from them very rarely. Like he'll call grandma and wish her happy birthday and then, or send her a card. Um, I'm better now. Um, talking to a couple therapists and after watching the video on it, you know, when you know when your child marry a narcissist, there's nothing we can do. My His relationship with his stepfather is completely gone, especially after the incident and the, with the picture of the potty and saying that I was going to request these photos. He has destroyed that. Will I ever see my son again? I don't know. He's a very wimpy. He's a follower. He's a lot like his biological father, who's in the same situation. Will I ever, we ever see our grandchildren again? I don't know. Everything I had made for them, artwork, things I had bought for our grandson, his mother, Mary, put on Marketplace for free or sold it. All the vintage Fisher Price. We have a bunch here, but like the airport, a Mother's Day sign that I made her about being a mother, everything went on Marketplace and she sold. It was anything that had my name on it, she covered it. It was like we were being completely erased, which is natural. So this is where we are right now, is getting through life. I'm trying to find me back to the person I was a long time ago. 
Um, a way it's affected me, I think the most way it's affected me is the fact that there's a distrust with people. I even had it with Dana, and she doesn't know about it, where I'm like, have you heard from him? Do you talk to him? And sometimes at first I was feeling she did, but she was told to be quiet. So I'm like with family members too, and other people. Have you talked to him and seen him? Is he okay? And I almost feel like they've told them to be quiet, mm -hmm. even though that's not true. Um, and that's about it. It's just trying to get back to a normal. I've had supportive background, but I miss my son. I mean, we miss the grandchildren completely. I don't know what's going to happen. So for Sandy's mental health, how did, how did it play on Sandy's mental health? Sandy is my husband. He, um, he's hurt. He's rage. If he sees him, I'm going to probably have to get bail money. I will help bail him out. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will help him hide the body if need be. He is rage. My son, a few years back before Ollie was born, being in the public sector, he was beaten up by a, a customer on his vehicle. And it was a young guy who was drunk and he had John pinned to the floor of the vehicle and he was pounding on him. And John had this guy by the throat, but the guy was like, I can't breathe. So John released his throat and that's when the guy pounded on him. We got the call at 1130 at night. John called me and said, pick up Mary and bring her here. Don't let her drive. This was before John Jr. was born and they'd been trying. John has Crohn's. So it was a lot of health issues. We get to the hospital. He's got a fractured orb in his eye. He's got a fracture across his nose. We stayed with him, the three of us, all night in the hospital because he had concussion. We He was covered in blood. And Mary and I go up to him and I'm like, is this your blood or his blood? And he's like, mom, it's my blood. And I'm like, thank God. And we stayed with him all night. And I mean, that's the relationship we had. We would have done anything for him. I would have died for this kid. He was mine. Mm -hmm. And I went to college when he was a child. I did three years of college when he was like four to seven. And I mean, we were close and it's come to this. Sandy knows that. That's one of the reasons why he said he married me, because he saw that. And I thought it was an ideal family back then. And we got along great with Mary. Sandy now, like I said, there's a rage. He thinks a lot. I can see him staring off into space a lot. He thinks a lot. Um, it's something he has to deal with. I got a health diagnosis this week, which I told Dana, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's on Monday. Since it runs in the family, we started last year and watched one finger tremor go into three now. Um, I haven't changed. We're just going to have to watch it. I'm not on medicine yet. It seems to be hereditary. 
And part of me wants to contact John and say, okay, I have this for two reasons. And Sandy said, why? I said, one, I want to see what his response is. Although I'll probably be, no, it'll probably be like, oh, well, you know, good luck. Yeah. The second one is let him know it's skipping a generation. That's your children. Contact him. I don't think it'll do any good. That's where it stands. So I remember um, having a conversation with you, Kathy, around uh, Christmas time, um, maybe 2021, 2022, the end of the year. Um, just to give you girls some perspective, the conversation we had was um, the conversation you had had with your brother where your brother had been talking to John and he had said to John, why didn't you call your mother and wish her happy birthday or Merry Christmas, something like that. And his response was, why should I? She never called me. And and I, I distinctly remember this conversation because and and it it plays constantly. Somebody can't reach out to you when you block them. Mm -hmm. So for John to say, well, she never calls me, you you've blocked her phone number. How the hell do you want her to reach out? Like even for me, he, I, I was blocked off of all social media. Um, it was two years before I heard from John. And it, it was, and Sandy could, or uh, Kathy could tell you, because uh, he, he sent me a text message and I was like, I just talked to your to your son. Here's our conversation, and I took screenshots, and mm -hmm. I and I told her. I said, I said I didn't let him know that I knew what was going on. He has reached out to me a few Mother's Day, my birthday, and it kills me because I think you only ever have one mother. You can get married and have 14 mother-in-laws, but you only ever have one mother. He wished me happy Mother's Day, but not his mom. And believe me, I was there from that from from John being about what five? About five, yeah. Five years old. I started babysitting him. I watched Kathy work. Full-time jobs, scrape pennies together to give this kid what he like when he when he would come home from school and say, My class is going to Cedar Point, can I go? I watched her sell things to get that kid the 35 bucks to go to Cedar Point. <laughs> when 
I think we had gone out for dinner. You, you, me, Sandy, and and it had gone out for dinner, and and you were telling me about the abuse claims, and it's just like my fucking heart cracked into like forty pieces because like I'm thinking, son, you don't even know what abuse is. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what abuse is. Your mother cracking a joke about you singing in the shower is not fucking abuse. Yeah. Seriously. That that's not fucking abuse. My son told me I could never win Canadian Idol when I was singing in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that's not abuse. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brendan, the one day we, we were driving and I was singing along with the iPod and he's like, Hey, Ma, you know, you're never going to win Canadian Idol. <laughs> Thought I'd let you know. I'm like, I gotcha. I'll stop singing. <laughs> See, that never stops me from singing. Even when Mama and I go back and forth singing, we like, I'll start off singing something. I don't even remember what the hell. I was making up my own words the other day to something as I was just like dancing and singing around the house. And all of a sudden she turned to me and she was like, yeah, don't quit your day job because singing is not your future. It's like, all right, well, you know what that makes me do? Sing even louder as I dance through the house. You know what I keep singing? I'm in the kitchen cutting vegetables the other day, and I'm at the table. I'm singing that stupid Adam Lambert. Do you know the Muffin Man? Oh, yeah, thanks to you. Uh, do you that... know the Muffin Man? And then I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks to you, that's all I sang yesterday. I'd be walking through the house and suddenly be like, do you know the moving man? It's like, fuck? <laughs> and it's all because I saw TikTok? that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because I saw your stupid video on TikTok where you got the weird face as you're going through. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> now we're both broken. <laughs> Dana had the best patience with this kid because... Oh. John was known to hold chicken in his mouth for four hours, and he would not swallow it. Ugh. <laughs> I'm no, you have no idea. Oh, yeah. No he was, idea. He was tiny. He was like eight years old, and he was still wearing a size six. He was five pounds at birth, and yeah. I nearly lost him because he wasn't breathing. Mm. So he was always small, but I come home... Dana had been going, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> kill him. If anybody abused him, it was me. <laughs> you won't eat the fucking chicken. No, it, it was, it was, it was, it was insane. And when he was 11 and he ate almost a whole, whole pizza, I'm like, thank you, God. We got over that hill. I, like, 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 Kathy would say, just make him a hot dog for, for dinner. He'll be fine. Okay, or, come on, John. I'll make I'll make you a hot dog. Okay, and he'd sit at the table and he'd take a bite, and he'd chew, and he'd chew, and he'd chew, and he'd chew, and twenty minutes later he's still chewing, and I'm like, "The fuck you, chewing kid? It's <laughs> liquid now. Just swallow it." <laughs> nah. Nah. I've thought it over and nah, I'm just gonna <laughs> hold it in my mouth for the next three and a half, four hours. Ugh, that would up. that would cause some babysitters to run in in anger. This woman stuck with it. <laughs> That's dedication right there. Yeah. Dina the and, dedicated. 
And and as as he got older and got over that eating hump, many a night, many a night, we ordered nachos from Boston Pizza. The best. It'd be like one o'clock in the morning. We'd order nachos from Boston Pizza and just sit at the table, eat those nachos and shake our heads over what the fuck this kid put us through. <laughs> but and the whole thing was you couldn't help but love the, love him because he was when she says he was the most kind, soft-hearted kid, you, like you don't you have no idea. This kid would come up to me and, and he would hug me and there's like literally what 10 years between us? No, yeah. not even. Not even. He's 43 now. So nine years between us. And he would hug hug me and he'd be like, I love you, Miss Dana. It was always Miss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what he was. He was polite. <laughs> I love you, Miss Dana. <laughs> I, wonder, where, I wonder though where if he's he is like now. aware of it. See like like for somebody I guess on the outside you see it, right? Mm-hmm. And you see it happening, but when you're in it, um, it happens like so slowly. You don't realize what's that you're being manipulated. Mani yeah. yeah, and separated, and, and you know, being pulled like pushing everybody. Like that, you're being forced, truthfully, to push everybody away. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it goes right along with like, we obviously we had the long episode about narcissism. And this just goes to show how effective a narcissist can really be, just because it can take someone who had a really great relationship with his mom. And she managed to it might have it obviously took her a while. But she managed to weasel her way in. And start twisting his memories where suddenly you can't trust your own memories anymore where you're like, oh, well, no, I don't think it was abuse when my mom made a crack about my horrible singing voice. And yet someone who's narcissistic could easily turn that into something and be like, oh, well, you know, those things that she did to you, oh, she was a horrible mom and just completely twist it and completely obliterate any healthy relationship that they had before. So, Kathy, yeah, tell Taylor what Mary took in school. Oh, so this is that one. Yes. See, Matthew grew up with a father. Tell, tell them what Sorry. she studied. Because I know, you know, but our listeners need to know what Mary studied in school. What, a psychology major? There you go. <sighs> A psychology See, major who who used her narcissism mm -hmm. to completely manipulate another human being. Yeah. See, John grew up with a father that abandoned him. Mm -hmm. And when he was 15, he approached the man and the man said, I can't have a relationship with you because if I do, my wife will take my daughters and leave. A little history running through there, eh? Wow. So when 
John's wife said, you have a decision to make. John wants to be the father who's there for his children. So damn the rest of everybody. Yeah. So I always wonder what kind of internal struggle do you have going on, my son? I belong to a group on Facebook, Alienated Grandparents. The stories that I read are insane, but they're all a common thread. This is a generation that seems to be entitled, mm -hmm. privileged. And when John's children become teenagers, especially the daughter, who's going to be strong-willed, because she is now, he's not going to know how to handle it. He can handle it now because he's on that level. He's on the fun dad level. Mm -hmm. How are you going to handle the teenager that's rebelling in society at that time? He won't. He won't be able to. No. No. And Mary will pull the strings. Mary's mother doesn't think anything is wrong. When we went to talk with Mary's mother, she pulls out her phone to show me pictures of the grandchildren and gives me a Kleenex. Because I'm going to cry. She doesn't think anything is wrong. So is it running in the family? It looks mm. like it. It definitely seems like a... Um... A learned behavior like uh, that that definitely depicts the perfect answer to um, Joelle's question about whether it's learned or born with like that shows right there that obviously her sister's that way she's that way her mom's probably that way and that's where they probably learned it from and think that it's completely normal and just all right well let's do this like we want the uh, husband to be isolated off on his own we want to be able to control him easily because obviously if you're someone who's healthy and strong-willed in what your decisions are you're not going to be able to be broken from having a healthy connection with your mom or a close connection anything like that but when you have that weaker will where you have those questioning doubts in your mind then it's it's the perfect prey for the narcissist to come in and go well i'm just going to play off of your mental health and i'm going to take you away <clears throat> can be like the villain in a Disney movie where I'm just going to swirl all these memories into what I think they should be. And yep. she's, she's like a weaponized narcissist because she went to school for psychology. So she's like, that takes like narcissists the whole next level. Like, oh, well, you know, there's just general narcissists. And then there's the ones who went, I'm going to get educated and learn how to do this even more efficiently and effectively. <laughs> Not that I think this helps. <laughs> But, That's a good start to that sentence right there. <laughs> oh, peanut. I feel, though, at some point, somebody's going to have a breaking point. Whether it be him um, realizing finally, like, it, that he can't, like, it's going to mentally, like, the struggle's going to get too bad. And uh, he's either going to start to wake up or she's going to get bored with the game mm -hmm. yep. and, and leave. So I feel like somewhere there's going to be a breaking point. Yeah. yeah. John is not that emotionally strong. Dana knows he's not a strong person. No. When his father, his biological father turned him down at 15, 
this kid crawled into my lap and cried, just sobbed. He's not that strong. And yet she's good. Like we, Christmas gifts are still here. She's had her sister and we have it on video. We have her sister tossing Easter gifts back on our porch and driving away. Wow. Like, Old narcissistic, good. That's the problem. This whether you're the- whether you're strong or not, because I felt like I was a pretty strong person before my husband, and he totally broke me down. So I'm not used to this. We've grew up in a generation where, you know, okay, your family may be a little weird, but they're still family. Mm-hmm. You don't block them out. Well, I'm with you as far as like you said, you were like seeing a video and then you realized, oh my God, this is like what's going on with us. And unfortunately, I didn't realize till after my divorce, I was reading an article and I was like, oh my God, that was my marriage. Mm -hmm. He he was a narcissist. It's scary. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I have an amazing husband. Dana knows she found hers on the same site. (laughs) I have a wonderful, kind, compassionate husband who's funny. And I like, we work for the same company. I like being with him. Like, we like being with each other. We go go go-karting. We go axe throwing. Like, we like being with each other. Oh, yeah, we have a great time. Like, we like each other. And that's, that's what a marriage and a relationship should be. Yes. Yep. There shouldn't be a power control. You're working together. There should not be someone higher than you making you choose and decisions and manipulating you. Because like Joelle said, somebody's going to crack. Mm-hmm. And in your son's case, I hope that I genuinely hope that he comes to his senses before it's too late. Because it's we're all getting older. And in my case, when my mom's been sick the past couple of times and almost died, it made me realize it's like, okay, no, tell everyone that you love that you love them and make sure that they never question that and be there for them. And I know that my mom will never question the fact of whether or not I love her because I took care of her through thick and thin. And she talks proudly about it and knows that I love her dearly and that I'll do anything for her. I hope that he doesn't come to that point in time where it's like, okay, well, you had your chance to apologize to your mom and now she's passed away. And now he's just stuck with that guilt for the rest of his life yeah. and comes to the realization then because then there's nothing there's nothing you can really do. There's other no than, closed chapters. Exactly. Then it's just left open-ended and he has to deal with that regret for the rest of his mm-hmm. life. Well, see what happens when, sorry, Dana. I think Joyelle hit, hit the nail on the head when she said it's going to come to Mary's going to get bored of playing the game Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she is going to up and leave. Yeah. Yeah. She has to destroy him first or have him. She practically has. Mm -hmm. He's, he's not. He's a shell of the person he was. Yeah. And he'll do anything that she says. Anything. Mm. So she gets she gets tired of playing the game. Somebody new comes along. You don't know what people are doing in their spare time. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody new comes along and she's like, hey, victim number two or victim number three or however many victims she's already had. Yep. Who knows, right? Like, like Cassie said, she got what she wanted. She got her kids. She got her quote unquote million dollar family, her boy and her girl. Mm-hmm. John is just the vessel to her. Yeah. To play her game with a chess piece. Yes. When 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 the game is boring, she kicks the chess piece off the board and she moves on. Is he going to be in a position where he can go back to his family? And in his and is his family going to be in a position to forgive? Mm-hmm. That's I the thing. Like he he could knock on he could knock on your door tomorrow. You you you're never gonna forget the last three years. No, you're never gonna forget them. Just like there's things in my life I'll never forget. I may have forgiven them, but I've I'll never uh-huh. forget them. Would you be able to try to have that relationship with John? Should it come to the point where he hits rock bottom and is tossed aside, and he comes and knocks on your door? I don't know if Sandy will, because that he he said it's done with, it's over. That's going to be between him and Sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, John is my son. He's my flesh and blood. He's still in there somewhere, but he's not. He's a follower, and like Dana said, forgive but not forget. It's going to take a long time. If it gets to that point, if mm-hmm. I'm still here. Yeah. If I'm still and, here. And Sandy, you know, I love you. In case you listen, you know, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> she loves you. <laughs> for, for Sandy to, and believe me, don't get me wrong. I completely, I'm not disregarding his anger in any way, shape or form. No. He has every single right to be as angry and pissed as he is. But for the sake of devil's advocate, because it's who I am. <laughs> oh my God, but that's normally Joyelle's position. <laughs> <laughs> we take turns. Um, I, I personally think Sandy's heart is good enough that he could have a conversation with John. Because I don't I don't think Sandy I don't think Sandy sees that whole ugly situation with the pictures as a John thing. It's one hundred percent a Mary thing. Yeah. John is yes, dear. Right? This is what we're gonna do. Yes, dear. So I I I I think honestly I think that if John was to show up at your door heartfelt apologies can we have conversations I I honestly think that Sandy I'm not saying it may happen that day but I think in 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 the future of that Sandy would be able to sit down and have that have a conversation because I think deep down he knows 
that John wasn't the ringleader of this whole fucked up circus. Oh, he knew. He, he was just the monkey playing a part. Mm-hmm. Plus, I just think he needs, he, he will need the support when, and if it does blow up or he's had enough, or else then you end up like doing things like, you know, like I did. And because you know, you don't have a support system. And yeah. you know you're not strong enough to do it on your own. My fear yeah. is that because Matt, because John's not, you could have a lot of editing, woman. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because John's not an emotionally strong person, is that if she does this and takes the children and does this, his emotional health where, you know, God help, he doesn't hurt himself. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's just as devastating if he tried to hurt himself as everything that's accumulated in the past number of years. Which is why I think that, like, even though your husband is angry and and has every right to be, I think that's where you, you have to try and put that aside and step up and be be. A shoulder to lean on and be supportive even though he for the past like years how many ever go by that he treated you like shit yeah see you're all so forgiving because i would not i would tell him to hit the bricks <laughs> i i am no all, no, like, Taylor, all of you are Taylor all would tell him yeah but i'm i'm looking at say. it from my point of view of what mm-hmm. happened in my situation and how I had no, have no support system mm. and how it led to downing a bottle of pills. Oh, yeah, mm. but I still have no... For me, when someone goes and hurts, because there's a difference. You didn't go out and hurt anyone in your family. You didn't do any of that stuff. I'm protective of those that I love, so therefore, if you hurt them, I don't give two shits what you do. You go back out on that street and you don't ever come back and hurt them again. But I'm also jaded because that's how I am towards my father. For me, my narcissistic father, who's chosen his family, and he's weak-willed, horribly weak-willed, which is the reason why my grandparents and I got abandoned by him. But his parents, my grandparents, constantly forgave him. And he said, oh, well, he's our son. Your son's a piece of shit. He's done nothing but hurt us. When I was a child and he was with my mom, he was forced to be a good dad. She made him tuck me in each night and gave me, um, uh, would read to me. I hated that, but... He would read to me in his horrible reading voice and try and form a bond. And we had one. And then when the divorce happened and he went with his new cunt of a wife, he went and became the weak-willed person that he is and just bowed his head and went, okay, dear. Yep. It's your family, not mine. We do everything. So I will, it's one of those things that I will never forget and probably never fully forgive just because of how he treated me, my papa. His mom, I don't really care. He can treat her however he wants. He gets it from her. But for me, it's always one of those, if you've hurt me that bad that many times for that long, you don't deserve my love. You don't deserve my support. And I refuse to be hurt anymore. Now, if you want to prove to me that you're not that horrible person anymore, maybe we can talk. But it's going to take a long time of proving that you aren't that person anymore. And explaining to me why you let that person make you do decisions like coming forward and saying, okay, well, here's a picture of my son on the toilet. 
we all have that picture. My mom has that picture of me. The fact that I didn't fall into the toilet is mostly the remarkable part. Because I was like, I swear to God, I look like this big on a giant ass toilet. Where I was like, okay. I'm like, but I know every single parent has that because it's that proud moment of they finally went to the toilet and they didn't have the accident on the floor. Sometimes (laughs) you don't. Nothing. Sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize it's being done to you. Yeah. And that, like, I don't know how else to say that because mm. I feel like I'm a very strong person and yet I spent 13 years and, and didn't, you know, still didn't realize that, like, what was being done to me and thinking it was all me and my mm. fault and everything mm. else. My husband had so. the best analogy. He said, it's, you're a pot, a frog in a pot of water. And someone is slowly turning up yep. the heat. And you don't know that that pot is getting hotter and hotter and starting to boil and cook you. Because you've been in that pot of water so long. And mm-hmm. you don't realize that you're dying in there. Yep. You just think and, it's a nice hot tub. And you're, you've become, because the narcissist isolates you. Mm-hmm. from yes. people that from your own common sense I would say too but from like people that can see what's going on and and that but you're so twisted you like you don't see that that they're right and that this is being done to you yeah exactly now peanut did you ever have anyone um when you were in it, did you ever have anyone that like stepped forward and talked to you about it? Cause I think I want to say that you said no, that you never had anyone who came forward and was like, Hey, are you aware that you're doing this or, or no. Hey, no, they're, they're, um, <laughs> my cousin, I sometimes now like just post funny memes about like, you know, if somebody would have warned me and that, and he's got like, oh, you wouldn't have listened and stuff. But I, but that's like, whether I would have listened or not, it's a whole different story. Nobody even tried. Yeah. Everybody just kind of abandoned me because Mm -hmm. they didn't like him. Mm -hmm. And then I was all alone for him to manipulate because I didn't have any support system now and because everybody didn't like him. And I think that's the big difference is that for a situation like that, it's no one took the time to reach out to you and say, Hey, this is why I don't like him. Like if I saw you in that situation, I would have pulled you aside and been like, okay, here's the litany of reasons why I don't like this guy. But now you, know you the, can choose. The funny thing is, is my cousin that says you wouldn't listen. Mm. They're the ones that introduced me to him. Oh, wow. Oh. And, and set me up with him. <laughs> wow. Oof. That's a lot. Of- <laughs> That's even more manipulation from them, right? Yeah. To, I say, say that. <laughs> to say, oh, well, we... You know, we didn't like him. There was something wrong with him. This, that, but but we but thought he was good you enough for you to marry. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just gonna say. But we thought he was good for you. 
That's well, so cool. You, you wouldn't have listened if they told you not to move. We would have said not to marry him. And that's 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 kind of weird. <laughs> that's extremely weird. Like what the hell? God yep. damn. But to me, that's one of those things. Like in the case of my father and I, for the parental uh, relationship, I look at it as I have told him countless times throughout the years where I tried to tell him it's like okay these are my issues this is what my problem is with our relationship and every time I would literally type up this long text message that looked like a novel Mm -hmm. and send it to him because he would text me once probably about once a year he'd ask me why don't you come around anymore why don't we talk why don't we have dinner I miss you and I type out it's like well these are the reasons why I don't like your wife. I don't like who you've become. I don't like how you treated Papa. Like all of these things. And I'd send it. And he'd just send back, so are we getting together for dinner? Like, no. <laughs> like, you didn't even acknowledge all of these. She's like, I have just told you. So Literally, I think in that case. Taylor. <laughs> oh, oh, he was completely. <laughs> but I think in your case, you never really had a good relationship with him from the beginning. <laughs> Oh, no, I did. When I was a kid, I had a great relationship with them. I used to go out and play, like, road hockey with them, basketball. We'd go look at the stars. Yeah, but to what age? Because, I mean, as a kid, I thought my mom was great, right? Um, That changed. Let's see. My parents got divorced when I was 11. Yeah. So I'd say it was about 12, 13 when that changed for me. Because, yeah, and I think I was the same, right? I was about... 12 years old and Mm. so when when my view when I think you start to realize like when you're a child you don't you're kind of shielded but you don't realize Mm -hmm. like what people are like and that and then like as you get older like you you are able to realize that this is behavior is not acceptable you don't treat me good like Mm. it's not all fun and games but she's had a relationship up until like her son was old older Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it's easy i would say that that to me would be the difference in not necessarily forgiving or forgetting but being there if he needed her it makes it one of those tough calls just because Mm -hmm. Like Kathy already said, she now, because of it, she has trust issues built in, yeah. not even meaning to. It's just her her mind trying its best to protect yeah. her, even from those that haven't done something to her. It's where, a defense mechanism. Exactly. The moment now, because then it's going to become one of those things that it, when hopefully when he comes to his senses, it becomes a battle of trying to work past that trauma and the defense mechanisms of, okay, well, you've done this now a couple of times this last time really, really harshly. And it's the question of like, okay, are you going to meet someone else? And is it going to happen again? And trying to mitigate losing yourself and getting your heart broken all over again, because I I'm, I'm certain that if if it happens again or got worse somehow i have no doubt that sandy would snap yeah yeah he loves you so fiercely like i remember i remember meeting him several times 
way back in the day. Um, the hair is down to the waist now, by the way. Holy crap. <laughs> He's donated I, it twice. I can remember when he had short hair. <laughs> I married him with short, spiky hair. Now it's yes. Like, now it's there's more hair care products than anything else in this house right now. <laughs> so but, I don't, I don't have kids. <clears throat> so, but Dina. Okay, but don't I let guess... the kittens hear you say that because yeah. they think you're their mom. <laughs> they so, don't know I they're adopted. The question is more for Dina to answer and that or put her opinion in is is there anything in this world that would stop you from supporting or being there for your children not a goddamn thing like no matter how mad you they made you or what they did is there anything that would make you say no you are not like no matter how mad you were no no because it's like like what's what kathy said they're my flesh and blood i i carried them in my body for nine months i nourished them i i helped create the people that they became that 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 they that they have grown up to be even if the police knocked on my door and said your son went on a murderous rampage and shot and killed 80 people at the local 711 i would be angry i would be hurt but i wouldn't not be there for him i i i would still love him he's always going to be my son agreed so question for the parents of the room obviously because joyelle and i joyelle has fur babies but i have no babies um now from a parental perspective do you guys ever feel I don't know if it'd be like responsible or guilty or anything like that um, when it comes to your children's mental health. Like, obviously, we know about Brendan's uh, struggle with mental health and all that. Like, does that ever affect either one of you? Yes. Yes. Manic depression runs in, in my father's side of the family. I had issues with it. I still do at times. When I informed Mary that it runs in the family, you know, and watch Matthew. I've seen Matthew. We've seen, sorry, we've seen John run through times of manic depression where he'll go from lows to highs, back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I informed Mary, it's, and she goes, well, I haven't seen that, so I really don't believe you. Okay. You know it all. She can control them if she hasn't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can't yeah, wait for her to see it. <laughs> it right. Be, like, I'm sure she's seen it, but yeah. how she would lose her control over him because she he him would seek busy. help. She keeps him too busy. He works a lot of overtime. Mm -hmm. her, uh, family, her family is friends with the ones that owned Alexander Winery. 
So yes. she has him in the fall helping pick grapes. But he won't go and to his grandmother's home. My mom, who has dementia, and my stepfather, who's a senior, and shovel the driveway in the winter. Wow! It's all her family, mm -hmm. and and yeah. that's and that's what it is. She has programmed him that her family is his number one priority. Yes, and on his days off. She's, they're both into this, in the media and likes and everything else, of course. Yes. Need the likes. They need the yeah. followers. And on his days off, she'll go in the paper and look for metal pickups because he's got a truck and send him out to the county or the city to pick up scrap metal to bring to the dump for money. But she doesn't work. One child's in school, one's home. Her mother's retired. She doesn't work. I'm telling you right now, she's never going to work. Mm -hmm. Because this is. So we don't know if jealousy set this off because, you know, is it possible John may have said to her, hey, Mary, can you get maybe get a job? I mean, my mother went to school when I was four years old. And did that midnight and raised me. <laughs> Pardon? Worked midnights and raised me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember one text from him on Mother's Day. He had taken me out. Him and John Jr. had taken me out. I mean, we've gone go-karting. Like, things like that. Mm -hmm. He sent him a text saying, well, your son and I end up making me a Mother's Day card because you were too busy. So is jealousy a part of this that suddenly snapped her? It's possible. But I've never been the type of mother-in-law where I said, you got to do it this way. No. We both, my husband and I, Sandy, I agreed. These are your children. You raise them. Mm -hmm. Here if you ask for help. But somehow we became a threat. And to get rid of the threat, the narcissist will get rid of everything. Yep. Yeah, I feel like this is from everything we've been reading <clears throat> lately and that about narcissists and that, that this is um, running the course of what a relationship with mm -hmm. a narcissist is like, where they're all lovey-dovey and yes. caring and sweet and attentive and everything in the beginning. And then they slowly start to flip that switch well, and it makes me wonder if um, what the trigger might have been to was seeing what a loving mother was like. Like if you figure that her mother's narcissistic and passed it down to or basically trained it into her and her sister, obviously they wouldn't have a normal, healthy uh, parent-child um, bond. So then seeing the relationship that you had with John and then with John Jr. might have even been the trigger for her of going, oh, my God, is that what I was missing out on? And yeah. having that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, my God, that's what I missed out on as a child. Like, no, I don't want that around me and I don't want that around my kids because she doesn't know what a healthy, loving, caring relationship is. So her instinct could have been to, well, got to stop that. So we're going to change everything, make him think that, OK, his mother is horrible 
his stepfather's horrible. We need to pull him back and I need to be able to control him. So that way I have my own comfort zone. And that's where we'll sit because you took her out of it. And it probably made her feel horribly uncomfortable, which should have been an area for her to grow in instead. And Taylor, it's not just family that were alienated. Like Dana said, Mm -hmm. it was mutual friends. Yep. That were alienated. So they have her friends. Yes. I I I thank God that in this day and age, I have videos and pictures and texts like crazy from, from, John Jr. Because if it ever comes around where he comes knocking on the door, which would Uh be amazing, it would be like, here, look, do you maybe remember this? You know, here's a video of you having your first water gun fight in the backyard with Papa. You know? Your first Mustang ride. So, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a good topic. It is, and I think that it'll be something that'll probably be revisited a couple times just because of all of the different areas that we can speak on. And obviously getting to have the the guest speaker is, in my, in my opinion, pretty freaking amazing. Um, and interesting to hear the different points of view and what they've gone through. And like I said, even just just to see another example of narcissism and how it's affected the world. I thank you ladies for letting me be a part of this. This has really, truly been an honor. Well, well thank, thank you for you. being our they, first guest. Yes. Ah, thank you for it. coming on. <laughs> we, uh, we appreciate it. We absolutely do. Well, I appreciate you. So, um, we'll, uh, We'll go with Taylor and we'll do our weekly Taylor affirmations and then we'll... Uh, I have my own affirmation corner. <laughs> then we'll uh, give out some so, some socials and we'll say goodbye. So go All ahead, right. Taylor. <laughs> All right. So I, I've decided to be nice and expand it so that it's not just something that you love about yourself. It can be something that you love about yourself, something that uh, you... Um, I can't remember what the second one was now, but <laughs> it left. It walked out the window and it left. But the other thing is uh, something that you're grateful for. So we're going to work on making sure that we remember to be grateful for something in our lives. And I would like our listeners to also participate in this too, if they can. Think of just one thing either that you love about yourself or that you're grateful for. So in this case, we're going to let the guest of honor go first. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Something like putting her on the spot. Joyelle sitting there. She's like, I'm not number one. Yes. She had the same reaction I did. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. I love crafting. I love that I do crafting. I love that I have that ability. I have a craft show next Saturday at the Outlet Mall. We put a plug in there. I do chalk art. (laughs) Dana knows. Um, about myself, I, I guess without blowing my own, I'm a strong person. I love that somehow I've got a strength in me and friends who have been absolutely amazing. A husband that 
was well worth the wait for this redhead after all the bad redheads I've been with. Um, yeah, I love that. And my crafting and getting through all this help. It's my been my therapy is to crafting. That's why the back background to my video here is blurred because you don't want to see the craft supplies. <laughs> I've seen the craft supplies. And I <laughs> all right. And now on to uh, Joyelle. First. You knew this was coming. Keep it. I was hoping you'd get sidetracked. Because <laughs> that never happens. I was going to say, I can't even blame you for that because it happens so regularly. And then I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> so I know this is going to sound sad. I'm grateful. <laughs> I, I'm grateful. I'm, I am grateful for that I have a job and for my work and i know that like i've been struggling lately to actually get there and that but <laughs> i am thankful for it because mm. without it i would truly be insane yep yep i hear that all right dana your turn as i see you staring off thinking on crap 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for my friends. My friends that are here for a reason. My friends that leave after a season. Oh, oh, you're getting all like poetic over here. I see. How and my friends that are here for a lifetime. I'm thankful that that my lifetime friends can talk to me and not have to feel like they're walking on pins and needles with things they say. I'm grateful for the friends that are leaving my life right now because... I'm no longer an employee at VP. Um, I'm 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 not the same person I was three years ago. I'm grateful for the time that I had with them, but friendship isn't a job, and I don't I, I don't want to work at it. If you and I can't have a conversation with ease we're not we're not friends we're acquaintances and for my lifelong friends <laughs> my 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 you all can't see it, but she just gave like her little her, her evil smile of ha you're stuck with me my 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 bestie of almost 52 years her birthday is next week <laughs> damn <laughs> um having conversations text text conversations with her not even like chatting on the phone just text conversations with her knowing how excited she is for what june's gonna bring for her and how excited oh, i am yes. for her <laughs> and i mean like she she's going to europe on may 28th and she says she said to me she goes 
it's so funny. She goes, I'm going to Europe for the first time in my life. She goes, and I'm more excited about my surgery in June than I am about flying to Europe. <laughs> and that just like warms my heart. <laughs> so she gets to have what, two great life experiences. Yes. So that that's what I'm grateful for for the three variations of friends. I like it. That was very detailed. And <laughs> now I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, next week she's going to be like, Taylor, oh, it's your turn. I <laughs> next week you're going to be like, I should have split that up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so now that's, I should have gone third and made you go last. Goddamn. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, and I'm grateful for the air. <laughs> I like my smoothies. <laughs> You know, that's almost like a comedian following Robin Williams. You realize that, eh? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, here's the headliner, and then the warm-up act comes up after. And I'm just going to walk off stage now. <laughs> Magic fingers. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. So what I'm grateful for is... Um, I was going to say friendship, but nothing beats how Dana put it now. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that I'm both grateful for the fact or my ability of being able to be so stoic in the times that I need to be. And, but at the same time, still being loving and caring where I can be stoic, but people will still come to me if they're having a uh, hard time or a bad day and they just need a hug like uh yes that was just this week uh, as i was walking the corner at work oh one of you're the girls... walking the corner again eh <laughs> yep i, I realized <laughs> how that was so... <laughs> you can meet me at the corner of <laughs> bring cash tips only um <laughs> but as i rounded the corner um <laughs> You're I saw some jokes. You realize that I am fully prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Let me do some stretches. <clears throat> but um, I found one of the girls at work, one of my favorite people. And she was like, I could tell her eyes were red and glossy and she was crying. And I immediately put down, I, I don't even remember what the hell I was carrying. I think I was carrying cards over for somewhere. And I came over and I put it down and immediately hugged her. It's like, oh my God, what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? Like, don't cry because of work. Nothing here deserves your tears. And she just like curled right up into it. She's like, I'm just having a bad day with everything. This isn't working. I'm having some stress at home, all this stuff. And I literally just, it's like, okay, I can be the strong one. But at the same time, I just sat there and held her. It's like, it's okay. I've got you. You're fine. If you need to cry, you just cry. I've got you. And got her to laugh a couple times and within I'd say about five minutes she was feeling better she had a smile on her face and she turned she went thank you that's exactly what I needed I'm just having a rough day I'm like if you need me you know where I am you come over you don't even have to say anything you just hug that's it and I'm just grateful that I have that energy of being for that so people will come they know that okay I'll give you a hug I may not cry with you but I will give you a hug now, that being said, if you have like a dead animal, because I watched that damn Firefly show that you all talked about, and let me tell you, I was not happy with it when they put the dog down. I <laughs> cried like a little baby. None of you warned me. Peanut. Peanut. Yeah. You know, she was hugging her sink thinking, 
magic fingers. I can change you. <laughs> oh, I, I thought what the spit take. <laughs> my uh, my thought yeah. was that the she's like the lady was like oh uh you know she was smiling and and happy and i thought that's because she's on her way out the freaking door <laughs> <laughs> she's no. like frick the hug <laughs> no 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 she w- it was at the beginning of the shift so nope oh <laughs> there was no being sent home yet <laughs> all right Later, okay though. taylor let's do the socials okay so as a reminder our email address is um depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com I almost said my own for some reason like that is not right (laughs) it's all all lowercase (laughs) it's me it's all I've been around the talent too long (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we love to hear from you guys Uh, love to hear any of your own experiences any comments any love that you want to send you can also reach out to us on the Facebook page and I do believe you can send messages on there. I don't know where they go, but I assume that we somehow get messages if you send DMs. They go to Messenger uh, like they would if you sent me a message, ding dong. Well, does it come up as like a group chat? What the hell? I don't know what it comes up as. It, does it, it come up? Poof, depressed Breakfast Club? It, it's, it, it's in their message. It's like um, if you go to the to the page, it'll it'll say you have like a new message. You know, I'm going to be testing this later, right? Just because now I'm going to be curious what it looks like. Oh, Holy Christ. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm young, but I'm the one that's outdated. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so you can reach out to us on the Facebook page. We're becoming far more active now between the three of us. We really should be. Um, you can also find us on Dana's Twitter, which her handler name would be what Scooby s-k-o-o-b-i seven one my profile picture is the metallica skull <laughs> the place that you think to go to when you have mental health queries go for the metallica skull so you can yeah. find our podcast <laughs> on there you can also find our podcast on my own personal um uh instagram which is goddess, I think it's goddess Tay-Tay, or it might be goddess Tay-25. I'm not very creative with my names. It is goddess Tay-Tay-25. And I try to post uh, the episode each week, so that way you guys can uh, have access to it, and it's very easy to find because I'm not creative again with the picture. It's always the same picture that comes up saying, new episode with our frowny face breakfast. And we share it on TikTok. Oh, right. And TikTok. I forgot about that one. Dana is really the one. I just, I plugged the social media. She's the one who actually does the social media because she knows the things. Okay. So if, if, if you people choose to follow me on TikTok, <laughs> I'm going to warn you. <laughs> Sometimes you I didn't know, know I was, man. <laughs> I didn't know I was recording. So <laughs> I would I would be trying out filters and like laughing and didn't realize it was recording. So there's videos on there that should, probably shouldn't be. I haven't figured out how to delete them yet. Anyhow. I personally love them, and trust me, if you go on there, you can still see the Muffin Man one, which will then get the song stuck in your head, and you will also laugh at the same time. 
It's yeah, you can, you, can, you can also see me wearing a Mario hat and a mustache and saying, it's me, Mario. <laughs> I forgot about that one. But my my name on TikTok is Scooby, S-K-O-O-B-I. You can just search for that and you should find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Oh, and, and now... next week's, I just, I just remembered it. And next week's episode is going to be uh, words and tones and uh, how they have like the in text in person all that stuff and then how they affect our mental health from there because that's always a fun one ah uh, yes the misinterpreted text Whew. oh yeah good times good times <laughs> so you can find us on podomatic.com um, just search for a depressed breakfast club uh, join Set up an account on Podomatic. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. You do not have to do a podcast. You can just be somebody who follows podcasts there, which means you can follow us. You can like us. And the more you follow us, the more you like us, the more relevant we stay in the mental health category, which I'm pleased to say we're holding our own in between 12 and 15th place out of like 4,000 and some odd odd podcasts that talk about mental health issues. So please support us. We appreciate it. We need it. We love you guys. Yes, we do. On that note, happy long weekend to our fellow oh, yeah. Canadians. Um. Enjoy it. Be Stay responsible. Safe. Don't drink and drive. Drink, but don't drive. Not even <laughs> golf carts. What? If you have a bonfire, don't get third degree burns. I saw mm. pictures last night. It's not pretty. Cool. Be responsible. Have fun. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.